Welcome to the Hustle Class Podcast. We have a quick disclaimer. All material presented within Hustle Class LLC is not investment advice, but for educational purposes only. Trading involves risk and you are solely responsible for your investment decisions and assume the entire risk of any trading you choose to undertake. Owners of Hustle Class LLC and its representatives are not registered as security broker dealers or investment advisors, either with the United States Securities and Exchange Commission or with any state securities regulatory authority. Please utilize a registered investment or financial advisor to make any financial decisions. If you choose to invest without seeking advice from such an advisor or entity, then any consequences resulting from your investments are your sole responsibility. By utilizing Hustle Class LLC in our content, you are indicating your consent and agreement to our disclaimer. Welcome, welcome to the Hustle Class Podcast. It is your boy Jermaine, and as usual, I am back at it again with another one. We have just hit mid-year. We have just hit mid-year. It is the end of May, and we are now entering into June. I hope everybody has had a fantastic year so far. If not, don't worry. There's plenty of opportunity to make something out of nothing. So just keep your head down, stay strong, stay down, and keep pushing through so that you can live the life that you deserve, a life worth living. So we're going to start today's episode out with our song, you know how we do. So today's song is going to be J. Cole's Sideline Story. And the lyrics are going to be like the first four bars um, within this song. Um, I put my heart in the game. Oh, I put my heart and soul in this game. I'm feeling drained, unappreciated, unalleviated, tired of coming up short and abbreviated. Want my whole name spelled out, my home pain spilled out. I know, I kind of, was a little rocky at the beginning. I'm not going to lie. I forgot how this young sounds a little bit, but. I'll tell you, I'll say it again and I'll do it slower with a better cadence, right? I put my heart and soul in this game. I'm feeling drained, unappreciated, unalleviated, tired of coming up short and abbreviated while my whole name spelled out, my own pain spilled out, right? So this, of course, he's talking about the rap game slash basketball. You know, J. Cole was a baller and is a rapper now, right? Still tries the ball every now and again, but, you know, um, how it parallels to kind of what we have going on in hustle class is, you know, um, even I feel it like I've been feeling it recently, especially like there's just so much going on. It's a lot to do. And sometimes it can be very, very overwhelming. You should always take time to yourself first and foremost. But the overwhelming feeling of just trying to amount to something greater than where you are. You know, it's not easy by any means, but we still just keep pushing to make it there because we know the grass is green on that side we're looking for. So, um, you know, he puts his heart, you know, I put my heart and soul in this game. I'm feeling drained. Yes, I am. I'm feeling very drained. Definitely feeling unappreciated. Definitely feeling unalleviated. Right. I'm putting everything I have into the things in front of me, everything I have into the people around me, everything I have into the future that I want. And I am absolutely drained. And I also feel unappreciated, not only because people that might not have the foresight of what I have planned, but also the people around me are not considerate of the things that, you know, may be ahead of me. And so, you know, you might feel unappreciated and unalleviated because there's nobody to take that burden off of you. Now you're tired of coming up short and abbreviated. So not only are you feeling hurt by the things that are happening to you, you're also feeling hurt by your own progress. And the fact that you're not making it as far as you expect you should. And so you're not given the respect, right? You, 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 the feeling of unappreciated is not only because people don't see the vision, but because nothing has come of what you're doing yet, right? 
results kind of is what people use to base, you know, the realization of your own potential off of. A lot of people don't realize potential until it's realized. <laughs> then they're like, oh, you did good. But they don't know that you always had it in you, right? Want my whole name spelled out, my own pain spelled out. Yes, no longer abbreviated. We want the whole name spelled out. Give us our respect. So that's a bar. And, you know, you could tune in, listen to Sideline Story by J. Cole. It's a great song. It's off of his first major release, um, Sideline Story. I think that's the actual, you know, title of the um, of the album. So, yeah, um, Cole World, Sideline Story. Yep. So, um, yeah, now that we've gotten through that, um, we're going to talk about today's topic. And today's topic, so, you know, I recently... Um, began reading a book and you know it prompted me to look up one of Ray Dalio's teachings um, or one of his experiences and something that he went through and talked about which is the holy grail of investing as he likes to call it right now when I read this concept it definitely fascinated me because you know I thought about it in different ways because you know Warren Buffett says you know those who don't know how to invest are the ones who diversify because you know, diversification basically chops up your portfolio and reduces your gains because you don't have a concentrated effort in a certain direction, right? More risk, of course, but he would argue that you would have less risk just by your knowledge based on knowing what you're investing in. So, you know, there is the argument for slash against diversification. One time on this podcast, I discussed how, you know, in my head, Diversification doesn't really work in the way everybody thinks. Diversification is not me having, you know, 20 or, you know, 30 different stocks, for example. 30 30 of the 500 in the S&P 500, okay, now I'm diversified. I don't really look at that as diversification. I've always, in my studies and my learning and in my experience, thought of diversification more from a perspective looking at asset classes. For example... Crypto as its own lane, stocks, ETFs, all that as its own lane, real estate as its own lane, investing in different businesses that cater to different industries. Like, for example, if I invested in a farm, that would be very, very much different than investing in a tech company. Two different lanes. So looking at um, investing and diversification more or less across asset classes and in different lanes and things that may be correlated but not have as high of a correlation as a company that you know um is a part of the s&p 500 it's just a fraction of it right because all of those companies in s&p 500 are closely are closely related because they all belong to the same bunch you know what i'm saying right and so i've thought about this and i've i've heard i've heard it places before but reading this book and reading what the holy grail of investing is and realizing that like always, I'm ahead of my time. So I've already thought about this concept and I've already diversified in asset classes. But now I read this thing about the holy grail of investing. And then it's said explicitly with the data um, and the charts to back it up to show how diversifying, not just simply diversifying to diversify, like I said, oh, I want to diversify in water, so I'm going to buy a deer park, Aquafina, you know, I'm going to get me some Fiji, I'm going to just buy all these different waters, so I'm trying to diversify. No, 
No. <laughs> but diversification as in making sure that the asset classes are uncorrelated. Why? Because if something happens, you know, like any one industry is falling, you know, since they're pretty much uncorrelated, you might still re retain a certain level of alpha in your portfolio. Alpha is what is in, is what in your portfolio um, is your comparison of how you're beating other people slash the market. And so your alpha is your your alpha is your primary edge. Let's say your edge to beating your competition, outperforming people or the market. That's your alpha. And so, um, yeah, let's. So I've already talked about what I was thinking about, and then I told you about the fact that Ray Dalio was basically thinking what I was thinking. It was like, oh, like, okay, but, you know, I could just not diversify and just put everything I've ever owned and everything that belongs to me into Apple. But, <laughs> you know, hey, even right now, Apple's a little down. I think maybe 15, 10 to 15 from its highs, maybe, maybe lower. But even that is down. But, I mean... Real estate's been going up. People say there's a shift in things going down. Not on this side, but, you know, all good things come to an end, of course, but not on this side. Things are still on the up-up. So, like I said, I have a couple of different asset classes, more than three different asset classes I invest in, and my portfolio for the year is up, even though the market, the stock market has tanked 30%. But like we said, the holy grail. You want to make sure that you have uncorrelated assets to retain your alpha. Right. So this is what we're kind of getting at, right? So Ray Dalio was thinking that, hey, look at this. If you have a certain number of asset classes in your portfolio, like let's say 20 from 1 to 20, right? At 1, and keep in mind, these need to be uncorrelated, right? Uncorrelated assets. You have a number of uncorrelated assets or low correlating assets. Maybe, you know, maybe it's not Apple and Microsoft, but it's Apple and like I said, maybe like a farm somewhere. Like, sure, Apple might supply the iPhone of the farmer or something. There might be some correlation, right? But they don't generally move together as in if Apple makes a lot of sales of phones, that doesn't mean the farm is going to go well. If the farm happens to have a good year producing milk, that doesn't necessarily mean Apple is going to follow suit in terms of its you know, price spiking and stuff like that. That's what we mean by things that are kind of uncorrelated, right? So he says, if you have about 20 assets um, in your portfolio that have alpha and are uncorrelated, um, every every asset you add into your portfolio from one to 20 reduces your portfolio standard deviation. Now, what does that mean, right? So, Usually when a lot of these portfolio managers and people who are trying to invest are coming up with their concepts and strategies for years to come, they have a certain goal or target that they want to hit in terms of money lost slash money gained or, you know, their percentages for the year. Everybody wants to be up by a certain percentage. Everybody wants to beat the market. So they have their numbers. But because we're working in statistics, right, statistics and um, data, there's something called a standard deviation, which basically says, hey, these are our targets, but it may fall above or below our target by a certain percentage based on certain factors. So a higher standard deviation means you could be, you know, a higher standard deviation is basically more risk, right? Because with a higher standard deviation, you're saying, hey, this target we have, let's say we have a target of like 10% for the year. 
if my standard deviation is super high, oh, I mean, we might hit 30% for the year with, with, with what I have set up, but we also might hit negative 30% for the year with my setup. So it's kind of like, you know, the standard deviation gives you a sort of high and low range of where you're able to fall into. But the key to being a master at this thing is a lot of people don't like you to be uncertain with their money. They want certainty. Like certainty is from people is more important a lot of times than how much you can make them. Because if you tell somebody, yeah, I can make you a thousand, but I can lose you two thousand. They might not want to hear that. But if you tell them, hey, I might I might only lose you 10, but I can make you 100. That's the kind of talk that they want to hear because they want to limit their risk. Right. A lot of times and when we look at this, the markets and stuff, we think solely about what we can make out of it and not what we can lose. And you always have to play defense first. Right. So let's tie it. Let's let's I've talked a little bit. Let's go back and let me restate. Now that you have more information in your head to understand what's coming out. Right. So. Having a number of uncorrelated assets in your portfolio, right, from 1 to 20, when you start at 1, you'll have a high standard deviation. But as you progress to 20, right, you go 1, 2, 3, 4. As you keep on adding those uncorrelated assets into your portfolio, your standard deviation reduces drastically. One may ask, why is that? Because since you have spread it out over uncorrelated regions, Because one underperforms does not necessarily mean another one will as well. So Ray Dalio is saying, hey, when you start out with only one asset in there, you probably, based on their metrics, right, at Bridgewater Associates, they probably have a standard deviation of about 10%. Meaning, hey, whatever they think they're going to hit for the year, they might be 10% above that target or 10% below it. And that is not, that's not something that investors would like to hear. So, but since they add more and more assets, right? over the course of, you know, correlation and just making sure things are not correlated at all or not connected, then once you hit that 20 asset, right, that number of 20 uncorrelated assets in a portfolio, your standard deviation reduces from 10% to 2%. Wow. You just reduce your risk by a factor of five. You just reduce your risk by a factor of five, meaning once you come out with your target for the year, which could still be a high target. Your target could still be like 30% and your central standard deviation is 2%. That means, well, we could hit 32 or 28%. That's great. But imagine you told somebody it's 30%, you could hit 40% or 20%. Now that's a little more wonky. And standard deviation works in a less linear way. It's not linear. Like how I was just talking about it being uh, in, a, in more of a linear fashion. It's not linear. It has more of a curve to it. It has sort of a, a slope to it. It's not linear. So that's just a small example, but it's not linear. So that's something to really, really consider. Something to really, really consider. And if you wanted to look this up further and do more research, look up the holy grail of investing. Or you can even Google search what are 10 or what are some uncorrelated assets I can use to I can use to maintain alpha in my portfolio. You can put throw something like that. Just throw a couple of the words I'm I'm using in a sentence. Throw it into Google. SEO will get you right. Search engine optimization. So, like I was saying, you go from 10% to 2%, right? So your return to risk ratio would go from 0.25 to 1.25. 
Meaning at first you were looking to make 25 cents on every dollar you bet. But with adding these uncorrelated assets that retain alpha in your portfolio, you would actually be risking $1 for $125, right? You always want to make sure your, your, your reward is higher than your risk. You never want to risk more than you're going to make. That's the odd. That's like a, an easy way to lose money and blow up your account, right? So the probability of losing money, right, with a 10% standard deviation is 40%. That's, how, that's the likelihood that you're going to lose money. But when you have 2%, right, for your standard deviation, the probability of you losing money is 11%. Came down by almost a factor of four, right? 40% divided by four. That's not bad. It's not bad to reduce your risk and the probability of you losing money by that much. Because like we say, it's all about defense. Defense first, offense later, right? A, when you throw a ball, everybody can catch it. Everybody can catch a ball. It's about that defense, though. That defense is not as easy. It's not easy to intercept. I used to play football as a kid in the neighborhood with these kids. Intercepting ain't easy, but it's easy to be a target of something and to catch it. Defense is not easy. But when you start and you focus on your defense first, the offense is going to come second nature, and the defense is already handled. If you focus too much on offense, which is a little easier, you're going to get caught slipping on the defensive side. So focus, hone in on that defense and protecting that capital and that money. The holy grail of investing, you guys. So this is a short episode. This was beautiful. I enjoyed it. Um, I was able to touch on a topic that many don't know about um, because a lot of people right now are diversifying in the worst ways. Um, a lot of people don't even know what diversification is to begin with. So they're hyper-concentrated in one thing or a few things that are all not good because they don't have good alpha. Um, so I'm glad that I was able to give you something different to think about as it pertains to this, right? Like, it could be so random. Like, let me list, like, let me list 10, 10 different low correlated, right? Because it's hard to say something isn't correlated at all, right? It's hard to prove a case that two things are not correlated, right? You know, not, and when I say correlated, I don't mean necessarily that they're not related, they're, they're um, not related at all, they're super related. I just mean like the connection between two things. Like it's hard to say, you know, this is like some of the stuff that I was talking about in one of the previous episodes. Like it was like number of car accidents as it relates to, let's say a number of pit, um, number of pants people buy when they go and shop seems two uncorrelated things, right? But if you drafted their charts on the years in which um, car deaths had gone up, and then like the sale of pants at a given moment went up, it seemed as though they were correlated. They just weren't because there was no actual connection there. So sometimes things might grow together, right? But they might not necessarily be correlated, and that is in a sense the goal of taking unrelated items and throwing them in a portfolio to make your alpha, right? For example, let's say I had a friend who had a car, who had a car uh, maintenance business and I was, that had a certain level of alpha because we're in an area where there wasn't many cars, there wasn't many car maintenance shops. So, okay, I have that one, boom. I'm invested in S&P 500, that's two. I'm invested in Bitcoin, that's three. 
even though the stock market and crypto do have a lot of correlation these days because there's a lot of institutional investment and a lot of money moving between the two, they're still separate. My fourth one, let's say I do, I have my own personal property in real estate, right? The fifth one, let's say I have another commercial property with friends in another state, different market, right? So that might go up and down different than what it does in my area. So I already gave you guys five, right? Let's say the sixth one, um, I give money to a mom and pop shop and they pay me interest on the top of it so that I make that money. Cool. Let's say the next one is um, I send like five or six guys to go and do concessions for me at stadiums and bring back the difference and I read and I and I recycle and I'm the one who provides them with the materials to sell. They take profit off the top. That's another small business. Cool. Let's say I do the Hustle Class podcast and I have a revenue stream from there. That's three. Um, you could say, I don't know, you could even add your job. Cool. We'll say that's like um, another one. So now you're at nine. And for the last one, um, what's another thing you can say? Um, let's say you do garage sales every now and again, and that's another stream of income. Ten. So now you have ten different ways you're making money. And so with that being said, if all of those are your portfolio and using it to weigh and balance how it's performing against the general market, whether or not it's beating the S&P 500, whether or not it's beating inflation, and you're trying to get your percentages right based on all of your revenues, your net profits, all of that you know stuff, right? Because you're going to have to f- figure out operating costs and see how, how much you're really making on the top of everything um, and see the percentages of growth and of you know how much you're making, you may end up reducing your risk. Why? The efforts are spread out. They're spread out widely, and all these things are seemingly uncorrelated or not that correlated. And so, since they're not all that correlated, if any one of them gets hit hard, it may not affect the other streams. It may not affect the other avenues that are providing you with that alpha or with that profit and edge that is beating the market. This has been Hustle Class Podcast. I'm your boy, Jermaine. You already know how I get it popping. Hey, man, it's not about what you think. It's about what you do. What you think is just as important. If you don't get that, hey, do the math. There's none to be done. Yeah, that was fun. It's like my little, you know, rant at the end. But I wish y'all, you know, a great week, a great month. And as usual, I would tune in at the end of June now. Tune at the end of June to give you guys more gems and more free game. Let's get it.